You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. I have an army. We have a Hulk. This is the Marvel Tribe, brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider. Avengers! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marvel Tribe. We are a group of excited and passionate individuals who have come together to share our love of all things Marvel. We are brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and thedizinsider.com. So honored to be joined tonight by our amazing group of Marvel nerds. Tonight, you have Sam and David and Brianna. How are you guys tonight? Hey. Hanging in there, apparently, for some of you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, well, let, you want me to finish this intro here? Let's do it. Finish it up. All right. From the big screen to the small print, feel the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One team, one love. It's the Marvel Tribe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Marvel Tribe in it up. What are we doing tonight, David? What are we talking oh, about? Let's tell the so, people. So we had to take a quick break. It was my fault, so I'll own up to that and stuff. Uh, just so you guys know, I'm having you know my professional life is chaos, and we're moving uh, corporate headquarters into a different city. So, and it just worked out. We could not record and stuff. So we're playing catch up, which is fine because it kind of works out for all of us because we get to have Brianna with us. Mm-hmm. So welcome back! Yay! She did some awesome stuff in Disney. And the Disney parks, and I'm jealous, super jealous, and excited. Because if you don't follow Brianna, please follow her. And she posts like really cool stuff on our Instagram and her stuff. And it's just yeah. Anyway, we're 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 going to be uh, recapping episode six, which was the uh, of the What If series, which is Killmonger saves Tony Stark, as well as episode seven. Which was, you know, party on Thor, Mister Only Son, spoiled uh, proxy king of Asgard. So, uh, yeah, um, Sam, Brianna, do you guys want to tell us what's new with you guys before we get started on the recapping? Uh, I'm very tired still from my trip, but yeah, uh, there's a few posts still on Walt's apartment. Uh, most of it was stories that have disappeared. But there's a couple TikToks that went up about Club Cool and uh, meeting Agatha at Oogie Boogie Bash. So check us out on TikTok. (laughs) She was absolutely amazing. Like, I can't get over how good she was. She she will be a permanent fixture. She she better be. (laughs) Hopefully she's more permanent in the parks and not just for... Yeah, I'll take her all year round everywhere. Parties. Um, as far as me, uh, Rachel and I just recorded an episode on Disology about how Roger Rabbit was kind of um, Disney's first multiverse. So, so that's going to be coming out in a couple days. You guys can check that out. Other than that, I'm just taking in all the Marvel glory we can get. Right on. I gotta say, I had a big crush on Jessica Rabbit in the when it first came out in the 80s. So. I think every young young man did. Yeah, yeah it, it was my first cartoon crush. I mean, it it, it was special for me because <laughs> it was a cartoon. <laughs> Never thought that was a possibility, but anyway, back to Marvel. Um, yeah, so now yeah. that you made it awkward, <laughs> I know I'm like saying, two amazing women and stuff, and I'm like just ranting about cartoon crushes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, episode six Killmonger, uh, save Stark. So, I actually do love this episode. Um, it kind of it, it really revolves around Killmonger changing his tactic on the way he's going to decide to conquer. Wakanda and stuff. And it was a very brilliant one. It really kind of showed 
uh, how smart Killmonger actually is. They actually really kind of flex a little bit of the chess playing skills that he has. And where it kind of picks up is in the it starts with Iron Man one, kind of how he's in the desert. You know, he was demonstrating his new weapons and stuff. And the Ten Rings had a plot to capture Tony Stark so they can have him develop the Jericho missiles and stuff. So it takes place of him uh, traveling down the desert is Afghanistan, I believe, that they're in. And yeah. you see the same. It's shot almost shot for shot. Um, and, you know, the same thing. They're in the Humvees with a convoy. And then um, the explosion happens. And, and the convoy is being attacked. And uh, Tony's like, give me a gun. And, you know, the guys are just getting obliterated. He gets out of the Humvee and, and trying to get some cover. And next thing you know, a Stark-issued <laughs> missile lands right in front of them. Now, where the difference is from the Iron Man 1 is, you know, it blows up and obviously the shrapnel, you know, embeds himself in Tony's chest. He gets captured by the Ten Rings. In this episode, uh, this multiverse uh, timeline, uh, Killmonger shows up. He picks up that big missile and launches that bad boy up in the air and kaboom, saves Tony Stark. Um, I can't, and from that moment on, we can never use Iron Man reference because Iron Man does not exist. He, he yep. just he changed that forever. So, yeah, so uh, he gets saved. You know, Kim Marger is doing what he does. He's a special forces tactical um, uh, soldier. He saves uh, Tony Starks. They bring him back to the States. Uh, it picks right up. Um, at the press conference mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where just like in, you know, just like in the original Iron Man, uh, they does a press conference and, and instead of um, a few things have changed from the press conference. So instead of, you know, him coming out, uh, you know, you know, with his, you know, chess piece and, you know, um, talking about how they're going to be a, a institution for peace and all that other stuff. Uh, he decided to make an announcement to make uh, Killmonger, the head of his uh, security staff. And not only that, but the same reporter uh, lady who actually reprised her role for, for this, oh. which was kind of cool, um, uh, was trying to, instead of the gotcha moment with Tony Stark, she played the gotcha moment with Killmonger saying, well, didn't you kind of knew that uh, Tony was going to get ambushed and stuff? And, and he, you know, we, here we are thinking like, Oh damn, that's right off the gate. Killmonger is getting blasted. And he, he cops to it. And he's like, Hey, I did this because I knew I had to figure out how deep this went. And I found out that it went as deep as Obadiah staying mm -hmm. and put him on blast, delivered the receipts. He had receipts put down on the screen and then Obadiah, and Obadiah had orchestrated the attack. Yeah, yes, absolutely. He freaks out and, and tries to run away. And then here comes Happy Hogan, nails him with his. Yes. You know, with, we all know, don't know. He he's a he was a professional boxer and nails him with the right hook. And and you know, so yeah. So Killmonger takes uh, Happy's job as mm -hmm. the head of the security mm -hmm. detail, and so and then after that event, you know, um, they end up going over to Stark's uh, house where he normally would have took the reporter, but it was just him and Killmonger. And I, I did notice that um, he's been, he, this Stark is, uh, he's been drinking a lot. He's almost borderline alcoholic, similar to like the comic books and stuff. So, uh huh. Yeah. So he, yeah, that's pretty much. So, um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't kidnapped by the Ten Rings, so he's a very different Tony Stark. Correct. And instead of seeing, you know, that his, you know, missiles and his tech, are, they're being used for the wrong reasons and wanting to do better. Now he's like, hey, let's double down on our order. Yes. And yeah. Let's make better uh, defense. Bigger, more. Bigger, yep. bigger stick. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're going with the bigger stick, man. And then he even made, didn't he make... Um, made a deal with Ulysses too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Which uh, that doesn't happen in the sacred timeline. Nope, nope, nope. Claw is not. Well, they, so they merge. So this is a part of Killmonger's plan and they, they definitely, but we'll, we'll get to that, to that part of it. Um, so they're inside kind of doing their, you know, boying it up and stuff. I love romance, love fest. And Stark offers him Pepper Potts position. 
to really kind of be his partner, you know? So um, Obadiah was the partner. And as we know in Iron Man, when he got, you know, it was Pepper who took over and stuff. And now because of how quickly he already got a promotion, he went from head of security to now the right hand man helping running Stark Industries and stuff. And we find out that he went to MIT uh, just like Tony did with the exception that, you know, Tony graduated as a child from MIT, uh, where Killmonger did not. But uh, still, equally, you know, uh, he's pretty brilliant. He has a, a degree in engineering. And he talked about how uh, he had this idea for a peace drone, a soldier drone, you know, to save human bodies and lives and stuff. We can send drones out there. And he just could not get it to work. You know, he had the design and everything else. And Stark being Stark managed to quickly pull up the MIT database. Instantly. Instantly. (laughs) And find his drone. And he made the coolest Easter egg uh, reference was uh, the drone looks like a Gundam, which, you know, it's an animated reference. Yes. And Michael B. Jordan, who plays Killmonger. Yes. He's a huge anime fan. Oh, big, big anime. In fact, uh, he was instrumental in... uh, So for those who don't know... Uh, the Killmonger's outfit is not based off the comic books. It's actually yeah. based off of Michael B. Jordan's love for anime because mm-hmm. they base his uniform, his uh, his outfit off of uh, Vegeta. Who those who don't know who Vegeta is, he is a character from Dragon Ball Z. And mm-hmm. if you look at Vegeta and you look at Killmonger, you will never unsee that ever again. It, they they are it's solidified in your brain. That costume comes from that. It's all. So this Easter egg was more of a nod to Michael B. Jordan than Killmonger himself. So and um, it, there's a connection to Genlock too, which Michael B. Jordan starred in. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so uh, so Tony, you know, was like, well, let's let's you know, if we can't do it, we're going to build the world's most expensive Gundam. Um, <laughs> and so they begin to work and stuff, and they're kind of having some trouble. They're they're doing their testing, and things are blowing up, and you know, and I, I love how he says it, it's a, a success if it doesn't blow up, and then it crashes and burns and stuff. And so these two are having obviously a bromance and stuff. I mean, they're 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 brought together by trauma. They have similar, you know, they lost their dads. You know, they they really were kind of, as Tony said, you know, having a butch casting Sundance uh, moment, which Pepper Potts conveniently reminded them that both of them died at the end of that romance and stuff. So kind of foreshadowing uh, things in the in this episode. Um, let's see what else. What else happened? Uh, he talked about how he he only if he could get his hands on some vibranium where he can kind of help with the power source uh, for more of a stabilized power uh, source. And he says he used, you know, he was told that they used it all for cap shield. And that's when uh, Killmonger pulled out the sacred Wakandan Prince ring that his father gave to him and says, not all the vibranium. And so, and this is where a really big reveal is um, uh, we, 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 get to see this really big reveal that talks about how Stark uh, tech is actually powered because he analyzed that vibranium ring. And if you notice in Stark had to create a new element to, to power his suits, that element is the exact same um, element um, as the way that ring is designed from the vibranium. So that source, that element is an actual, um, uh, from a, it's a cosmic element and stuff that he developed and stuff, and it came from uh, vibranium. So the, his his whole power base is based off of that vibranium element and stuff. So that was really cool. They, they never talked about that, and you know, in the uh, in the live action MCU version and stuff. So so yeah, so they. So they tried it, they tested it, the power source worked, so, but they needed it on the bigger scale if they're going to build a drum army. And that's where, um, who was it? Uh, Killmonger had the idea of meeting with uh, Claw. Mm-hmm. Who he mm-hmm. heard had a secret stash of a lot of vibranium. Now, with that, Claw's international wanted terrorist. You know, he's on everyone's wanted list. And, and Tony Stark having a meeting with Claw or anyone I mean with Claw is a big no-no. So they had, uh, Stark had the brilliant idea of sending Rhodey, who, <laughs> so 
Sydney Rhodey, who is played by, who's voiced by Don Cheadle, actually, mm-hmm. um, they actually retcon the the actor, not the character of Rhodey, because uh, the original Rhodey in Iron Man is played by Terrence Howard, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in the in this comic uh, cartoon version, is played by Don Cheadle's uh, version of Rhodey, which I thought was cool. I mean, it just yeah, they yeah. did it with Bruce Banner um, in the Hulk, in the Incredible Hulk. It was done by uh, Edward um, Norton. Yep. On the original Hulk, and then they got Mark Ruffalo to retcon that Hulk, and so yeah, so there's a, there's a few bit of character actor character retconning, which is kind of a, a rare thing. They don't. it's kind of a multiverse in itself. It is, yeah. So there, it's a variant of yeah. So so maybe in the six, you know, six one six, or you know, the Terrence Howard variant exists, but this one we got the Don Cheadle variant. <laughs> So yeah, so they decided to send a government, the government, to actually go do a deal with Ulysses uh, Claw because you know they have more cover that way, and so they said it. You know, Killmonger helped set that up. Um, Claw. Oh, it's a setup, all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Claw comes in, and you know he's there in some warehouse and stuff. You see Rhodey and his guys, and Claw's like opens up his little vault, and he has a whole bunch of vibranium, including a spear, which um, I think is the first time they actually referenced the value of vibranium because he pulls out that really thin uh, Dormilage spear and mm-hmm. says, "This spear cost me ten million dollars." Mm-hmm. So yeah. it right there kind of shows how valuable. Uh, it's probably the most valuable uh, precious metal on the planet. So, with that, it, it was another not another reveal for the you know for vibranium and the value of, of, of and the wealth that Wakanda actually holds and stuff. So, with that, um, knowing that uh, Wakanda is on on his trail to track you know down and reclaim all their vibranium stuff, Claw was very eager to kind of get the deal done. Little do we know that uh, Killmonger kind of laid a trap, not only for uh, Claw and for Rhodey, he laid one for Black Panther too. Because guess who shows up to the party to you know help you know reclaim the vibranium and track down Claw is Black Panther himself. Um, mm-hmm. Which was actually another role that uh, Chadwick Boseman got to play be- before his uh, passing and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which was really kind of cool. I think it was a uh, really special when they showed uh, Chadwick's character T'Challa in the astral plane, which was, mm-hmm. and he said some really pivotal pivotal things and stuff to uh, Killmonger. Um, so the next scene we have. Um, you know, uh, the, you know the big fight scene and stuff is going down, and we see oh, which I mean, we see Killmonger actually take one of uh, uh, Tony Stark's um, his his I forgot the name of the device, but it's the same device they use in Iron Man when Obadiah's uh, you know put the earpieces in and did the little sonic thing to Tony Stark. I think he called it a sonic taser, but I don't I think, know if official name. I think- We'll go with that. I, that's official to me. So this is a bigger version of that little device that uh, Obadiah Singh used in the original Iron Man. Um, he, it's this uh, sonic taser, and he used it on um, Rhodey as well as uh, Black Panther. Black Panther quickly uh, flipped off his helmet and stuff as if that was going to help things. It did not. And unfortunately, um, as he was um, trying to reason with uh, Killmonger, Killmonger kind of just uh, powered the thing up and he killed T'Challa mm-hmm. right then and there. And then he goes over to Brody and he has kind of a um, villain reveal, I guess is the best way you, you say it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, Brody is like shocked. He's like, dude, you're a military guy. You know, like what's the, it's like, yeah, no, you're, you're, you know, you're not, you know, solving anything for our people and stuff like that. And, he, and they go off, Bro, you know, Brody says, you know, well, you know, you got to do it from the inside and stuff and everything else. It's like, no, there's another way. You can burn the whole thing down. So he uses that reference again, and then he kills Rhodey, um, mm-hmm. setting up the stage that uh, Rhodey, who's a government official, killed Black Panther, which the goal the goal of that was to get w- w- Wanda. Wakanda. <laughs> to go to war with the U.S. Yes. So this is when we start to see that the reason that Killmonger wants to take over Wakanda in the sequence is 
more for is more politicized than it is for revenge or emotional. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so he, yeah, this is all all part of his uh, him playing chess and stuff, and and even though, so he, so he ends up going back to the Starks residence, and Tony, being the person he is, the techie guy is. You know, he, he wanted to see how that deal was going to go down. So he had it bugged and he saw the video. He saw Killmonger kill his best friend, Rhodey, and and Black Panther and, you know, the 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 prince uh, of Wakanda. And so when um, instead of calling the authorities, because Stark is very arrogant and he likes to handle things himself. That's just how is how he is. Um, he confronted uh Killmonger in his living room and you know played the played the video of him killing those two guys and he decided I, I'm all about getting revenge you know mm-hmm. could have called the authorities but revenge is so much better and then enter the Gondom freaking uh, drone robot soldier which was badass um, I can say that on this yes. uh, yeah you just was- can't use the f word that's it that's right everything yeah. else is good. So I won't use fraudulent on this on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. So the so the Gundam droid uh, drone comes in, and he's like, "Yeah, no, this would be a lot much uh, 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 satisfying, you know, to watch. You know, you get destroyed by your own invention and stuff." And so he's sitting there. So here, Killmonger trying to fight the drone, and the robot is basically matching them for blow for blow. He's like, "Did you not forget? It's programmed off of your moves and stuff." So, yeah, like talking about combat, too, in this. So with that being it being modeled after his fight style, Tony never became Iron Man. So he had no combat skills. Same same with like Rhodey. He had like your he was had your standard, you know, soldier fighting style. He didn't have politician, military man. Yeah, he didn't (laughs) have like war machine style fighting. And same thing with Obadiah, like Obadiah never became iron monger or whatever is iron monger right so so he kind of when he lets like when he went down with that one punch from happy like they their fighting styles are so different because they never took up their mantles correct yep one thousand percent and so uh uh, not t'challa so killmonger's you know he says i'm gonna have to freestyle it and which for, so there's an Easter egg in this that a lot of people don't know who are our comic book fans and stuff. Um, that this Easter egg is more towards a Taskmaster than anything. So Taskmaster, for those who don't know the character, it's a character that can instantly mimic anybody and anything. So it, it, it picks up on your fighting style and it will match you till the toe. The only person really that Taskmaster cannot deal with is Deadpool. Because Deadpool is constantly freestyling his fighting <laughs> style, and he constantly will kick Taskmaster's butt. So when he said that, I'm just going to freestyle it. That for me, that was a cool reference Easter egg to Deadpool and how he handles something that is trained to the infinite to match you and to destroy you. So so he Killmonger freestyles. He gets the uh, vibranium um, Dora Milaje spear, and he destroys the drone. Um, soon as after he destroys the drone, drone, he does a little nice little spin, chuck, throws the spear at Tony Stark's and impels him into the wall. Which, oh my God, I, I, can we make an episode where Tony doesn't die somehow? It's just, I think there's a couple. I, there, there's there's one I think he doesn't die in, or he just wasn't in at all. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, you know he talked about um, you know he goes up to Tony and, and this is which was kind of an interesting conversation because he talked about you know I thought we were you know we were the same you know both you know orphaned you know by our, you know our parent our dad you know it's just you know I, I looked at you as the same and he's like that that's the problem and stuff you and I don't see each other through the same eyes through the same lens and stuff. I'm not quoting him verbatim, but that's what he was really kind of mm-hmm. talking about um, his experience growing up as, you know, as a, as a black kid in America versus Tony Stark's privilege experience growing up and stuff. And, and it's also important to note here that the manner of his father's death yes. was reported as gang violence yep. instead of being killed by T'Chaka to save Zuri. Correct. Yep. 100%. 
So, yeah, so they had that little exchange, and then he kind of, you know, embeds the spear in to finish off Tony Starks, and he's done. Um, we This is where, so we fast forward to where. Um, he mass produced. Yes, he's yeah. in, so he, so there, he's in, he's in Stark's office and then in walks, uh, Pepper Potts and they're having kind of a little, uh, she, she, she doesn't trust Killmonger from the get go. It just, it just, there's something off about him. Regardless of, you know, he, she met with Rhodey, which I didn't talk about, but she, you know, Rhodey gave him this file and read, you know, everything's kind of clean. He's a, you know, special, uh, force guy, highly trained, highly decorated and stuff. So there was no dirt there, but she still, her intuition was like, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, there was a point at the beginning of the episode where she said everybody wants something from Tony, and she just needed to know what, and we find out what. (laughs) And so we hear them. So the military comes in to seize Stark's uh, weapons and technology and stuff. And one of the things they're very interested in is the drones that uh, the Gundam drones that uh, uh, Stark and Killmonger built. And the fact that uh, you know Killmonger was the was one of the instrumental programmers for that, uh, the government just seized it, and they had uh, Killmonger uh, help develop the drone army because guess what? We're going to war with uh, Wakanda. We have you know uh, sources that as Wakanda, who, it was Black Panther who killed uh, Rhodey, killed one of our guys and stuff, and so. This means war. We're going to annihilate that little village, <laughs> which is, you know, they still don't know what Wakanda is and stuff. So I thought that was kind of funny as the, you know, how low rank they, uh, or low rent they speak of uh, about Wakanda. And so they developed the, the, so with Killmonger's help, the U.S. military takes Tony Stark tech, develops a whole army of these drones, and they, you know, they start. Heading off over to Africa to go to war. Now, while that's happening, while the drones are being built and manufactured and they're preparing to go to war, which Killmonger knows all of this, he managed to meet up with his old buddy Claw to head over to Wakanda. He, I'm not sure what was the trick that he was able to get him to go with him, but he set Claw up. Like he did before. This is the part where this was in Black Panther, where um, instead of the whole uh, museum heist and stuff, uh, he he you know they're on the safari and they're going on a, another mission. And then uh, Claw, who's getting kind of sketched out, doesn't want to be nowhere near Wakanda because the last time you know he was kind of left uh, with a permanent reminder. Uh, Killmonger gets out of the vehicle. And then shoots Claw point blank in the head, just like I mean, poor Claw, not poor Claw. <laughs> I actually, that is one character I really do think that they messed up in Black Panther of taking out early. He really is a really good character, and you know, but that's that's just me and my own little thing and stuff. So he kills he kills Claw. He uses Claw body to infiltrate Wakanda. He's met with the Dormen Lodge. He you know drops a body like, hey, here's who's really responsible for Black Panthers. Uh, death, um, you know, as, as well as the, you know, the, uh, you know, the military, um, they bring him, you know, he reveals that he is a Wakandan. They bring him before the king, which King T'Chaka is here because there was no bomb in the embassy and stuff. Um, they, he's alive very much well, uh, very much he's so. He's very accepting yes. of Killmonger. Guilt, yeah, that is guilt accepting. You can see it in his eyes. So they, for an animated cartoon, they did a very good job drawing emotions on some of these cartoons and stuff. Um, you can see the guilt written, like you know, you have your father, your father's eyes, my brother's eyes. I can see. So he wanted. I felt T'Chaka wanted more than anything to just uh, find a way to for you know forgive and not bring up that past and the fact that Killmonger never mentioned anything about it made it easier for him to accept the uh, Killmonger and stuff. And so the one cool thing uh, I, I I thought was interesting, because they're, they're like, well, we got to prepare for war because America's coming. Yes. <laughs> and Shuri, who's also like Pepper Potts, skeptical of Killmonger, is like, you know, what? okay, this this seems super fishy as hell. Sherry's a lot younger in this timeline um, than we see in the live action version. Uh, she's looked like she was around thir- the age 13. I was going to say, I was like, they either made her really short or they were trying to make her look really young. <laughs> no, this, this, 
so technically this event since... happened before uh the uh the civil war so she would be mm-hmm. around 13 years old and stuff because this is kind of partial to iron man one which took uh you know half a decade before the civil war started so so they they got they got the timeline right, which was kind of cool. So Shuri is this little kid, but she's still sassy, she's still a genius, and she's still you know she's she yeah she she runs their technology and stuff. Um, the other cool thing is we got to see this whole half a decade um, uh, uh, a time difference, our time shift is that uh, T'Challa. Uh, T- Chaka, uh, T'Challa's mom, T'Challa's wife, is the general. Of the adorable and, and she, like we've ne- we don't ever get to see Romana in combat in no. the in the MCU and Sacred Timeline nope. until now we yep. get to see she's leading the Dora Milaje. Yeah, she was trained. She raised. She was raised as a Dora Milaje. She married. He calls her a general. And she is yes, she is Akoya's position and stuff. Um, so something in that five year gap and stuff between Civil War and and Iron Man one that power transitioned and stuff. So, which was it was kind of cool and stuff. So they're they're preparing for war. Do we? Uh, so I'm I'm going through this whole breakdown and stuff, and I want to stop. So if you guys can kind of chime in, because I want to make sure that I'm not just talking all the time and trying to, because we can jump back and forth and talk about certain segments and stuff of this. So no, it's like I think you're good. I was like one thing yeah. I really liked was uh, how charismatic uh, Killmonger was through this whole episode. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, he was very. I mean, he was very charismatic in the Black Panther as well, but like he was very blunt in Black yeah. Panther. And here, he he fooled everyone. He yes. had everyone fooled. I mean, yes, he's a great, nice guy, but like he had everyone fooled at some point. Like, oh no, hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, I I think in Black Panther, he was very like you said, he was very very blunt. Um, he was you know the ang- he was angry. He was an angry mm-hmm. person and stuff, and that kind of came through here. He really was calculating. Mm-hmm. He knew his audience and what he needed to say to that particular audience. So he didn't play one mode. He was very. Yeah, it was, I mean, if you think about it, think about politicians. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that's what I was saying earlier. Like in this episode, he was not driven by vengeance this time. He was not driven by emotion. He it was completely political for him. Yeah, well, he want, he wants to rule Wakanda, and this mm-hmm. is this is the strategy that's going to get him right to it. And so, yeah. when he talked, so and speaking of strategy, uh, so they talked about you know they have you know the big Wakanda force fields on, and they there here's the drone army approaching, and and the drone army, you know, they're being monitored and watched, you know, from the states by you know by the generals, and they're seeing <laughs> Wakanda kind of like this shot. Uh, looking kind of towns like this is Wakanda really um, and meanwhile you know there's this whole shield that's hidden and stuff and so he so Killmonger suggests like well what if we you know they're 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 kind of communicating their t their t-linked communication you know and being controlled over in, in the United States what if we let them in and you know, sure, he's like, "What the what?" You know, and let them in, and then we can close the uh, shield behind them, therefore separating separating that uh, link. Therefore, you can't control the drones anymore. And so, Sherry's like, "Okay, that's not a bad idea." And so, you know, she, you know, they they consent it, and it's like, "All right, well, let's try." It. And meanwhile, he's doing all this to try to win favor from the royals because you know it's hard to try to get someone to trust you immediately, but. In the crisis situation, you know, you and he know. quickly wanted to be put in a position of power. Yes. So they went with his plan. You know, they were on the battlefield. You know, the general thought it was a good idea. So she's out there in the battlefield, and they're preparing. They're, here comes the drone army inside of the shields, uh, free south to the United States because they're like, "Whoa, shit, that's Wakanda." Okay, um, that's a lot different than what we thought it was. And as the drones. Army approaches, they close the shields behind the drone army, and they think they got victory because the drone starts to shut down. Uh, the link was severed, and it was like, oh, wow, that was defeating America was pretty darn easy. <laughs> 
Um, meanwhile, this is all part of Killmonger's plan. So, mm-hmm. you know, Killmonger, I mean, it acted exactly like what he said. And so therefore they're, they're like, oh, wow, he was right. You know, it, it did work. And then he met, he pulls out a little uh, transmitter from his pocket, activated it, and the drones came right back on. And this is what boggled Shuri's mind. They're like, wait, what, what the hell is going on here? He's like, oh, Stark must have um, built a backup just in case. Like, why the hell would Stark ever do that? That's not his, you know, Stark. And which is very, very true. People don't realize this. Stark don't operate off of plan B's and plan C's. No, he's arrogant. He expects plan A to work. Because no one can do what Stark does. So plan A is, that's the plan. There's no back, you know, there wasn't a a JV team of the Avengers, you know. Like, hey, this is my main team, but if things don't, here's the back. No, that's not how he operates and stuff. And so, and Sherry knows that. It's like, why would he ever build a backup and stuff? That doesn't make any sense so she was like, okay, that's us. I'm, I'm keeping my eye on you, you know, cousin. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the, the drones are active and they're coming towards us. So, you know, the you know, general, you know, like, you know, they organized the Wakandan soldiers and they marched forward with the Dora Milaje and all the different tribes and including the great rhino posses, which I love. Uh, Killmonger hops on one, grabs a spear, and he says... Uh, you know, Black Panthers line Wakanda forever as they're marching forward and they're doing battle with the drones. Now, the thing I noticed that the drones were pretty damn easy to defeat. And what I and the reason why I say this is because you know, I mean, we know that they're going to win, but I thought there would be much more of an effort, um, you know, a, a fight effort, maybe a few casualties. But then I realized Killmonger programmed these drones. He he knows he knew exactly what he was doing. So the fight style of the drone that was in Tony Stark's uh, um, house was way different than the fight style of the drones on the battlefield. So what kind of made mincemeat of these drones and stuff. And and I think it was because the way Killmonger programmed these drones and stuff. He wanted it to be a power play. He was using the drones as an opportunity to build his trust, the trust that the Royal family had for him. Oh, absolutely. And so he did, and he made sure that, you know, some of the more prominent soldiers, including the queen, was looking at him as he was going into battle, help destroying the drones, saving maybe one of them and stuff like that. And he even got the nod from the queen. So that was, you know, so there it goes. He got he got their trust off of, you know, the, off of the battlefield. Um, went back after they defeat the, tron- the drones, uh, T'Chaka. Was like, man, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're like your father, you know, you got this warrior spirit. Like he really was kind of falling. He was becoming enamored with his nephew to the point where this is where he decided, you know what? I think there's a place for you, no matter what, what you were, where you want to go. There's a place for you here. He's like, well, I think I'm where I want to be and stuff. And he wanted to hear that. So he was like, I, I'm going to make you the Black Panther. And I, as much as that pained me, that actually fell into to Killmonger's plan. So he, they did the ceremony and everything, um, and he goes to the astral planes, and this is where we see T'Challa, who's you know who died, and he warns Killmonger, you know, suffering only, you know, you know, you can't cure suffering by creating more suffering. That you know doesn't. That's not a thing you can do and stuff. Um, and Killmonger, you know, basically said, you know, I'm. I'm I'm tearing I'm taking you know I'm tearing everything down. This is I'm following my dad's dream, which is what got his dad killed in the first place, because he wanted to arm uh, people of the world and to fight back and to fight colonialism and everything else and stuff. He's like, I get to do that and stuff. And the thing with Killmonger is, the more he conquers, he's never going to be that. He's not going to be a Thanos. This is the this is the big difference between uh, Killmonger and Thanos because they both are mission focused. But once Thanos completed his mission, like ex, you know, eliminating half of the universe, he went to go retire on a farm. Killmonger, that's not him. He will always find a reason to fight more, to conquer more, to destroy more, and stuff. So, but he, and I think that's one thing that he doesn't know about himself and stuff. Uh, but anyway, 
he he was warned, you know, to try to give him the, the 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 warning, and then he comes from the astral plane and he wakes up and he gets his gold and black armor, which is you know what he had in Black Panther, and now he is the Black Panther of Wakanda. So, um, it kind of cuts to kind of like I call it the extra credit scene where uh, Pepper Potts goes back to her office and there's Sherry somehow from the battle managed to quickly get to the United States and to Stark Industries and have a conversation and say, Hey, guess what I found on my cousin here? He is the bad guy. <laughs> he, he injured her this whole entire thing. Pepper was like, Oh, I knew it. Uh, we have to, you know, let's stick together and let's, you know, kind of, you know, we're going to have to go to battle, but we're going to have to do this together. And she, as Sherry agreed. And then that's kind of where that episode ended. So there's your recap. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm ready for the sequel on this one. I'm ready to see Pepper and Shuri go after Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there are some teaser trailers of them. You know, Shuri has your little gauntlet, and then uh, Pepper's in the background holding a, a gun. So, yeah, there's there. we should see some battling and stuff. So, hopefully that's, that's you know, who knows? Can we, we got one more episode. So. It was a really good episode. It was. It was good. I have to say, my explainer is longer than the episode. (laughs) And we talked a little bit beforehand, so it's like the same length. (laughs) (laughs) So, does anyone have anything else to add to that episode? Or no, No, I think I think we got it. Detailed, yeah. (laughs) I think we did. I liked it. I thought it was really good uh, to really kind of play how. Um, intelligent Killmonger is and how strategic mm-hmm. he is. When you can remove his emotion. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So when you you know you, you had more time to do the character development, uh, which they did. They did a great job in, in this little, uh, it's like half hour series and stuff, and it really showed Killmonger, I mean, it, yeah, he, he, he did a great job in this. So I loved the attention to detail in this episode. Mm-hmm. And like, like I was talking about with their fighting styles and like um, making Ramana like a general of the Dora Milaje and giving us mm-hmm. things that we didn't get to see in the sacred timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that made this episode over the top for me. So oh, I, I liked I it a lot. We got to see background stuff that, you know, that was happening, but we didn't get exposed to until now. So it was kind of cool. It's like we got to see a little sneak peek while another story was taking place and stuff like what would have happened five years before civil war well yeah queen ramona is a general of the dorm like oh yeah it's pretty cool yeah. do one you guys want to recap number seven party party on thor brianna you want to take it um yeah i can or at least i'll do some cliff notes here i think i remember most of it i i watched it for the first time today so Woo-hoo. <laughs> Because this was one I think came out right around when I was leaving for my trip. So we tried. So this was kind of uh, a what if episode on if Thor was raised as an only child and what he would turn into. A frat boy. <laughs> a frat boy. <laughs> frat boy is a bad name. <laughs> oh my gosh. It All right. Was, you're stereotypical like, frat boy. It was a very stereotypical party. Uh, he is like 23 years old going for it like and i loved that it took started to take place in vegas i was like oh the perfect yes so So, first so odin was going into odin sleep right so we start out with kind of like a beginning with uh jane and darcy in their van Mm -hmm. and they see they get a reading on their monitors that something's coming and we see thor show up in vegas and then, yeah, then we flash back to where Odin's going into this Odin sleep mm-hmm. and Frigga's going off to see her sister for the solstice and telling Thor that he needs to study, which I love it. It literally is just a Thor in college. Well, he actually, I mean, he's the proxy king now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Frigga says, no partying, you must study, must read all these books and she leaves and Thor gathers his friends and they are off uh what they call it a backwater backwoods. planner <laughs> planet black backwoods yeah that no one's gonna know about yeah. 
Heimdall, <laughs> he who sees everything will not be checking on the back, back yeah. of the planet and stuff. So that was hilarious. And strategically lands right in Vegas, the good old party city. So um, basically, then we start to see Jane and Thor kindle their love in a fun party way. Jane realizes that he is the first extraterrestrial to land and she wants to go talk to him and yeah right (laughs) and so she goes over and she's like i'm gonna make first contact uh and darcy points out that um everyone else has already met thor so i was not a fan (laughs) of animated darcy uh, like her looks or her like she she didn't look like darcy no she's not (laughs) as cute as darcy is it took me like it was her voice, and I was like, honestly, like if it wasn't blatantly like the scene of Darcy and Jane, I wouldn't have known it was Darcy yep. at all. Like, exactly, she did not look like Darcy. Every no. other character they've done really well with, but Darcy yeah, did but not, not look like her. They did not do my girl justice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Jane goes and talks to Thor, and we already start seeing their spark. Um, okay. Thor takes what looks like some sort of iPad and calls it uh, some sort of magic box or something. <laughs> And talks about how it would take a whole crew on um, Asgard to be able to build one of this. So Jane must be um, a genius mm-hmm. and earns, I guess, his respect that way. Um, Darcy goes off with Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. On yeah, a, so on a, a of, day. Lots of party goers coming. There, there's, yeah, you get everyone. We get the get, entire ga- Guardians of the get, Galaxy and yeah. Thor all on Earth partying. Including yeah, the Grandmaster like... who's DJ. <laughs> yes. Uh oh my gosh, I forget what Nebula's playing. She's playing some sort of game. Oh, she's playing craps. She's trying to <laughs> win money so she can get her eye. The new eye. Yes. New eye, yeah. And then we see Darcy and Howard the Duck get married by Elvis. And um Jane and Thor get tattoos. Uh Jane says magic with more um oh my gosh, and then Thor says science. Yeah. Science, yes. <laughs> yeah. The hammer and the beaker. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or like a, a beaker or a, something I don't even know. Science something sciencey. Yeah, something, science. something's on. Um, and then, yeah, so we could go through the party montage and then we, they wake up in a hotel completely hungover. Oh, phones can, going. Is there something? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I, I just want to interject before we get there because, uh, Thor gets a spe- one of his guests uh, is a special guest is he is no longer Loki's brother so but Loki shows up in his frost brothers forever and everything and stuff as a giant frost king and so our prince and yeah that's and I, I I have to say okay I think this Loki and Thor relationship is more brotherly than yes the, all the other ones and stuff. They it's really a bromance. Are, yeah, it's a full of bromance and stuff. I mean, they are literally brothers from another. It, it was kind of it was kind of cool to see. Yeah, no, I loved when Loki showed up and he, yeah, he's he is full on frost giant. I, I think Thor grabs his like pinky yes. with his whole hand. With his whole hand. <laughs> and, like, it's like, yes, all right. Brother from another. <laughs> and yeah, Loki's like singing brother from I'm like, this is fabulous. I love seeing a lighthearted Loki. Um, but yeah, so they wake up in the um hotel room hotel. and yeah. we see a lot more characters, rockets in the sink, which was my favorite. <laughs> and, Very hangover style. Oh, yes, yes. Um uh, Jane's phones are all going off, which is just the worst when you're Chill. waking up after a night like that. <laughs> She'll trying to talk to you. Yeah. And then um, banging on the door, and we get Maria Maria Hill as acting director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And because uh, uh, literally Nick Fury got yeeted by Korg. <laughs> <laughs> like, during. <laughs> They didn't even take. I this is the part I hate. They Nick, I love Nick Fury, he's a, a pivotal character, but they gave him two seconds. He gets knocked, yeeted by Gorgas, he does a cannonball into the fountain, and now he is out of commission. Like, I'm right? Like, They're like, he's still unconscious. And I was like, well, poor, poor Fury. They did Nick wrong, that was wrong. But, so they're off now in some sort of um shield 
headquarters and they're going they've got darcy and jane there and they're going all right it's time for what they call it the last resort or final yeah. something yeah um, so, <laughs> so yeah so agent colson is talking about how like his partying ways is spreading throughout the entire planet <laughs> and stuff and we have to put a stop to this um so time you know for you know pull out the last resort and then he'll pulls out the the famous Beeper, pager, beeper. <laughs> I called it beeper back. Then. I think I think they called it a. I think Darcy called it a pager because her her dad has one or something because yeah, he's a podiatrist. Right. He's a podiatrist. <laughs> She's like, are you calling a podiatrist? <laughs> oh, so man. they hit the they hit the signal and stuff, and then um, do they go back to where? Yeah. So Thor is now in France because I, I don't know if they said who, but someone wanted um, crepes. So. Thor went off to France and uh, that's where they're him and Loki are talking and they see a shooting star and the shooting star comes in and it's Captain Marvel. (laughs) And honestly, I was ready for a full on fight between Thor and Captain Marvel because this would have been insane. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of when I was watching it, I was like, man, I was hoping for something more. And then as Captain Marvel at the end is going, we can't do that or we're going to destroy the planet. (laughs) They had some good music though. It did have some battle. (laughs) I enjoyed the fight montage. It was pretty cool. But she was right. She was not at her full power mode. I mean, when she goes full power, she, she turns into binary, which is a a binary star, which would just literally destroy half of the planet and And shield was ready to nuke them both to eliminate (laughs) thor as a threat yeah which i would have loved to have seen because it would not have done any i mean it probably would have maybe knocked uh captain marvel out for a moment or two it wouldn't have done anything to thor and stuff but it would have been interesting to see humans trying to you know destroy some a a god-like figure as well as a uh eternal imbued infinity you know powered being and stuff so but yeah that was, that was so good. instead of blowing up the entire planet <laughs> yes she decides she's gonna go find frigga <laughs> yeah uh, um, and tell her what her son's been up to but yes yeah, so there was a point i still laugh when thor goes you know what we call women like you on asgard oh, a party right. pooper party poopers yes <laughs> Like, so, oh my gosh. So there this, was a scene. Can I clear up for a Yeah, line? go ahead. We I got some questions on on some of my other uh forms and stuff. Um, uh, because they, they were talking about how at the end uh Thor set his hammer on Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel was kind of stuck on the ground mm-hmm. and stuff. It was like, well, didn't so the whole battle with the frost giants is what kind of got Thor in trouble with Odin. They Odin put the curse on. Um on the um, Milnor, the hammer, saying only he who is worthy can wield it and stuff. So here's the thing, and and I want I want to kind of set this out because he because that frost giant battle didn't happen, Thor didn't almost pull Asgard into another war. There was really no reason for Odin to scold Thor the way he did. So it's very very easy to believe that. Odin could have just simply said that the only person who can wield this this uh, this extremely powerful weapon is Thor. So if that's the case, no one else can pick that up. So there, so you get you resolve that without having to go into this like, oh, it's a continuity thing, is this and that. Very simple. It's a spell. Odin has millions of spells and stuff. He could simply said, no one can lift the hammer but Thor, and so be it. That's how that works. So. Just want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. no, it's good because I actually was questioning that too. I was like, more of like wondering. I was just like wondering where that story headline had went or if they were still going with. Yeah, there was no, no frost giant issues. Yeah, different different timelines. So different. I mean, Loki different. was retor- returned back to the frost giants. Loki was returned. Um, Loki and Thor are friends, so I'm assuming that they've got a decent relationship with the frost giants. Absolutely. <laughs> And speaking of relationships, uh, we get Suter, who, you know, the, the devil himself, kind of, trying to hit on Lady Liberty. I'm like, man, really? And just uh, chops off her arm. Because he's... And then he walks off like he didn't do anything. And stuff. He just moves. It's like, yeah, okay, that's, that's weird. Okay. But, yeah. The Frost Giant's putting horns on um, Mount Rushmore. Oh, that's... <laughs> 
right. I think there was a goatee or something too that was happening, but there was definitely horns and stuff. This Horny episode pain. was just wild. I was so I was just having a lot of fun with this oh, yeah. episode. Uh, Thor went back to uh, his uh, actor's roots. They went to Australia, <laughs> and he he skied down the uh, what what is that uh, big opera house? Yeah, the, the, the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, um, the I think opera that's. House. Yeah, well, he started to, and that's when Captain Marvel again takes him out, and that's when they're trying to go somewhere that's right. remote to really battle. And then, yeah, Jane, and I think it was Darcy. Darcy's like, well, at least we should just be able to call his mom. That's what they do with teenagers when they throw a party, is call yep. their parents. So they figure out how to um, get to... Amplify that signal. Yeah, yeah. amplify the signal. So him, doll, because Jane started putting together, like, well, if Thor is a part of all this Greek, you know, the legend, the Norse legends and stuff, so then there must be a, a Frigga, there must be an Odin, and there must be a Himdal who is in charge of the Bifrost. So let's am- try to amplify the signal, and they do, and she yells Himdal, and then he sees her, and boom, transports, transports her to uh, Asgard. So, yep, so and- she... Oh, yeah, she's in no, no, Asgard and then goes to where uh, wherever Frigga is visiting her sister and <laughs> is chugging wine while she's telling her that her son is on Earth partying and they need to go get him. I love how I love how Heimdall, when she shows up at the uh, at the Rainbow Bridge, she just mentions Thor and he's like, I'm not dealing with this. Go. <laughs> I'm gonna sing straight He's to like his too much. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and sing straight to his mother. This is where his mother his mother is. Bye. So. Oh, and Thor in the meantime is trying to clean up the mess before mommy gets there. Yeah, so well Frigga comes in at like what some sort of like astro projection type deal That's and right. um asks him what he's doing, where he's at, and um he's like, I'm at home, and then there's a polar bear that like runs across the back. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I actually am on Earth, but we're doing some sort of cultural studies here. Yes, we're yes. we're studying cultural studies, guys. <laughs> and so, yeah, then he's got now to clean up the planet because, you know, his mom is coming to check to see if he is really studying. Oh, and yeah. he almost got away with it. <laughs> and, you know, and then Captain Marvel's in the background kind of <laughs> chuckling it up because mommy came. And, and so he asked her for some help and some advice. And. She's like, you know, so do what did she say about cleaning? Start from the start from the corner. Start from the corners and go out or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah work your way from the corners or something and clean up your mess or something. So, and then she dis- she takes off and stuff. So, so I, I yeah. So she he ends up going to the to are they they're in Paris or somewhere like uh, that? Yeah, I think they're now they're back still back in Sydney. I think he goes back because they were in France. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Marvel kicks them to the UK and they're back in the US at some point. And then they're in Sydney. Like they, they've infiltrated the whole planet. Um, So I think it's when they go back to Sydney, they've got the St. Louis arch in the air upside down, trying to make the world's long, largest slingshot. It's just fabulous. And that's when Thor's like, no, y'all going to get out. My mom's coming, but wait, you don't actually have to leave. You have to help me clean up first really is just like a and teenage it is it's just, oh my gosh and no, nobody wanted to help and no. including loki who was like all right well you're on your own bro see ya yeah. and that's when thor summoned the odin you know god power <laughs> and says i am thor and i need you to help because my mommy's coming <laughs> it was like wait your your mom <laughs> so that's when you know we get the mon- the cleanup montage so yeah so yes now they're cleaning up they i think they try to like you know they get rid of the horns on mount rushmore they uh weld uh the statue of liberty's arm back on (laughs) and when frigo shows up thor is in front of like a chalkboard trying to teach and um Captain Marvel brings him something, a book or something. I don't remember now. An iPad with all of the... Uh, yes, yeah, with all yeah. the information. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, she's oh, totally he, covered for Thor. Yes. She could have put him on blast, but... <laughs> she, she didn't. She decided to help. 
And then Thor reaches for his hammer, and when it comes back to him, it's covered in, like, Mardi Gras beads, and I, I don't even know what was all on the hammer, and that's when the, the cover was blown. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. sad Thor had to go back to Asgard, and <laughs> so before he left, he went to go meet Jane, because you know, yes. she, she told on him. But she did what any potential girlfriend would do who cares about him is, you know, like, you know, tell his mom. <laughs> tell his mother. <laughs> Your son is acting uh, out, acting <laughs> out. So, but um, yeah, so they end up having kind of like, uh, well, he, he horribly asked her out and she, oh, had, yeah. to, she had to correct him. It was like, you need, you can, you know, I forgot what he said. I can't remember what the, they're going to some other planet with unicorns. <laughs> You're going on a date to a planet full of unicorns. That's right. Yeah. Which is a real planet in the in the Marvel Marvel comic book universe. So you guys That's know. my kind no. of date. <laughs> unicorns everywhere. Yes. There is a unicorn planet. And he, he acknowledges that she Jane was probably in the right to call his no. mom and he's Growing up a little bit. Our little Thor is growing up. <laughs> they grow up so fast. Oh, man. Super fast. Yeah. 39 yeah. minutes. <laughs> so then he, um, yeah, so then, yeah, so they, do they kiss in that scene? Mm. Or does it get, I think it gets disrupted because in comes, you know, we get the nice little in credit kind of, mm-hmm. um, we get, Ultron, we get Ultron <laughs> Vision. I mean, so yeah. yeah, that was oh man, and uh, and for those who don't know, the so the uh, Watu the Watcher was this was uh, actually we saw the most expressiveness because mm-hmm. he was actually prepared to close this out, saying happy ever after and everything else, <laughs> and then it was like oh what the f- was he said <laughs> oh well maybe I spoke too soon <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we get yeah, and we get oh man, we get glorious Ultron with all the Affinity Stones fastened to his amazing gauntlet armor uh, of a suit, and yeah, it just ends right there. So, which we will absolutely be talking about that episode because that episode's crazy. Next uh, next time we do this and stuff, so we'll be talking about that episode with the finale because they those two I think goes perfectly hand in hand together because mm-hmm. it kind of yeah. I think it ties up and buttons up all the other episodes that were just left with cliffhangers and stuff but man that was a I really did think we we're going to get a happy sappy episode and there's like nothing that was going to you know besides getting yelled at by Frigga and stuff I was like oh, right. okay then we got Ultron and I was like oh shoot okay this is this I mean is- I was glad because I think the episode needed that it did. Absolutely yeah. did it. Because if not, it was going to be completely pointless. It, yeah. it really, yeah. It had no place. It was it, fun. It was fun. But it, it was it a didn't, fun episode. It didn't tell us. Nope. It didn't further the story. No, it did not. You're, I agree 100%. <laughs> it, did, it could have been a lost uh, episode and it wouldn't have impacted what was going on. But here it was very much so needed. So I, I, I liked it. Um, and boy, I can't wait. So I'm going to, I'm going to. I I want to set aside some time next time we talk about that episode, uh, the episode with Ultron because the episode's called Ultron Wins. What if he won? Um, there's some Infinity Stones, some things with Loki, and the way we understand how the Infinity Stones work, there's a misunderstanding that we all kind of uh, went through. And I actually talked to a guy who I look up to who's a comic book. That dude is like my my icon and stuff, and and um, it was the first time that I actually had a hash um, a kind of a, a disagreement moment, and then I I had to quickly concede and rewatch a Loki episode to find out that he was absolutely correct when he checked me on on this. So I'm gonna talk about that in the next time when we cover the next episode because there's some interesting stuff that's going to be germane to the entire next phase of of the live action and stuff of the marvel cinematic multiverse so well i can't wait for that yeah wait way to get us right i'm ready i wasn't saying it like it's going to be this big grand thing but it's going to clear is going to clarify some some misconceptions and stuff about the affinity stones and how they work so all right but as far as tonight i think we have covered those two episodes pretty in depth unless there's anything else anybody wants to add well, which which one? Which of the two episodes you guys like the most? Killmonger. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, like I said, the Thor one was just fun, but the Killmonger one really had a lot of depth that I liked. I agree. I, I agree. Uh, even though I did like uh, that Darcy married Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay, that was awesome. By, that, that was by awesome. Elvis. She's still by married. Elvis. So that, even though that I wasn't is. happy with Darcy's, she wasn't cute. Her, as cute as she really is. Yes, but that's okay. Well, they brought, and here's the thing. This is the one episode that they brought um, pretty much everybody back. Everyone came back and revised prayers and roles, including uh, Darcy. So she um, she signed off on, on this look. So, But yeah, I agree. It didn't really look like Darcy. It didn't look like Darcy. No. no. That was the only thing I was super disappointed about. Yeah, it bothered me more than it probably should have through the episode. Exactly. Like, like the fact that we've already brought it up three times. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's so it wasn't it wasn't the bestiality marriage. It was the no, look no. Darcy it was just the fact that it didn't look like Darcy. Hey, <laughs> it's Marvel. Things happen. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It so, it's a cartoon romance, David. <laughs> well, yeah, I forgot Beauty and the Beast kind of like yeah. 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 Okay. I was thinking Jessica Rabbit and <laughs> okay, David no. and you. <laughs> Got it. Okay, <laughs> we'll make that work. All right. So we. Oh did. goodness. We're, we're, we are we're, good. We yeah. are good. We did a good job. We covered it. We got Brianna back and yes. Sam holding down the fort and fart. No fort. It's late. I'm sorry. I misspoke, but uh, <laughs> we're holding it down for all you Marvel tribe heads out there and stuff. And I guess this is the part where we say where you can find us and just kind of, I, I don't know. I'm, Follow us at Walt's Apartment yes. Podcast on yep. Facebook. We have or and Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. and Twitter. Yep. Um, you can find our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you are listening to us on Apple, please leave us a review and a rating to help us out with that algorithm. Yes. And you can also join our group, which is Walt's Apartment Behind the Lamp. And yeah. Yeah, that group's on Facebook. So it is. Yeah. All right, and that's all we've got for you. See you next time on the Marvel Tribe. Marvel Tribe.